Hello and welcome to another episode of Second Breakfast. I'm Matt. I'm Ez. And guys, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we went to the MuggleNet 7, 19 years. Yeah, 19 years 19 later. 19 years after uh, Harry Potter part party down in Orlando. Um, we're going to be talking Narcos Season 3, Dragon Ball Super Episode 106, probably a little bit more. But as let's go ahead and start with our MuggleNet Universal Studios experience. Yeah, it was um, it was an awesome time. We were down there with uh, Swish and Flick, and um, which is an all Potter podcast. If you want to check those guys, all Harry, all the time. They're yep, they're all Harry. Uh, they're awesome girls. Um, you've got Tiffany, Katie, Megan, and Sarah. Uh, we had a great time with them this weekend. So we got to go to my favorite part. One of our favorite parts. Should we start? I think we should describe start and tell people how we got to Orlando because I think that was oh, quite an yeah. adventure in itself. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of crazy. Um, I actually had to work that day. I had to, I had to go in w- to work for at least like five hours. So I got up super early, um, got off work, raced back to the apartment, and uh, as and I then like raced to Cleveland. Drove like two hours to get on a flight to fly to Orlando. Right. Then we got in there, took an Uber that charged as like a hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, triple charged me. Yeah, and you know that's kind of a thing we, a couple a of common us noticed. experience down there. Maybe it's sure an Orlando up. thing. Maybe it was because it's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Maybe it was just the Uber drivers down there. I don't know. Right. Um. So if you know anything about that, please leave us comments. I'd be really interested to know. Because um, we, we had a friend I, I, who got double charged too. Yeah, I don't really use Ubers. Like, I, actually, I pretty much never use Ubers except when I'm in like when I'm downtown, and then usually I just I'm with people that are going to use it. Right. But anyway, moving on. So yeah, so we got in. Then we uh, like had to race to the park, check into the hotel, race to the park, um, and then there was about three hours of panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. I actually thought we were worried, you know, we kind of made the joke that like maybe those would not be the the best part of the experience. But quite frankly, that was one of my favorite parts of the yeah, experience. I, yeah, I think going into it, we were kind of like we didn't really know who all was going to be there. Um, like because at first it was a lot of the, like the people who were just kids in mm-hmm. the movies. Right. And like they didn't really kind of show up again. Um, yeah. But then we got, um, I mean, we got Oliver Wood. Right. And we got uh, Percy. Mm-hmm. Percy uh, Weasley. Percy Weasley. Um, some of the other actors, I kind of forgot who they were. But. Yeah, we got the um, Tom Riddle, the guy that played Tom Riddle in, uh, um, oh gosh, Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. Um, the other guy. Oh, we got, um, oh, what's his name? The announcer. The guy that right. announced. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the, what the, what's that kid's name? I can't remember his name. Anyways, yeah. He announces the, the Quidditch games. Yeah, and not just all the games. So, yep, um, that was pretty neat. And then we had to listen to MuggleCast. Yeah, who cares? um yeah so to be honest to be honest i don't think it was that they were like they were actually pretty entertaining but like they just tossed it over to the crowd and the people in the crowd were like i don't know tired i don't know some of the questions some of the things people are answering for those questions were like real i was like really wait for the panels or for no last panel no the panels were actually really cool questions but when they are asking like hey if you were gonna like give us a last like a change the last line of the book Oh yeah! And like all of the answers from the people in the crowd, I was like, "What are you talking?" They were just like the it's like if you've ever, which we do read fan fiction. Like imagine reading the first, the worst fan fiction you could possibly imagine, and that's like right. just happened to be the like the four out of the five people who answered. Right? Yeah, I know. I mean, I thought a great ending line would be something like you know, and Hermione stared longingly at Draco Malfoy. Yeah, you or know, I mean, like, and someday a book called The Cursed Child will come out, and it should simply <laughs> be ignored. <laughs> oh man but yeah yeah, so then we got to go to the park which was actually pretty epic so we the only part we got to go into was diagon alley yeah which i think was probably the best part of it yes Um, it was really cool it was closed off to about like 200 people um what oh man we did so much stuff to be first place we went to was the leaky cauldron leaky cauldron got some food they had like some buffet food i was really nervous when we got into the leaky cauldron it was like fish and chips i was like i really hope that's like not all we're getting all over the park yeah there was there was a lot better food elsewhere yeah we just happened to go there first which kind of wrecked like all of our stomachs yeah (laughs) like us and swish and flick for the next day um yeah but uh i got some butterbeer which I think we all kind of agreed. Yeah. All, all kind of agreed it wasn't as good as we thought it would be. The well, foam is delicious. I think if you just buy itself, but like when you're pairing it with food, it's just it just it's not good. I don't know. I'd rather yeah. have 
water, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Um, they say it's better cold, frozen. So yeah. if you look, one thing I want to mention about before we move on past Leaky Cauldron, the attention to detail in that place was insane. Oh, the, yeah. The artwork. Over the whole The pl- pictures. The whole place, yeah. yeah, I mean the whole park, but like when I was just in Leaky Cauldron, I was looking around and I looked up in the ceiling and I noticed like carvings in the wood. I noticed like, you know, all these different like. Uh, figurines and stuff up there. Yeah, the, was like, there was only crazy. there was actually only one place that I felt like the attention to detail was lacking, um, and I guess it's kind of like this throughout the rest of the park. We'll get to it. We're gonna finish with it because it's the last thing we did. Okay. Um, but so then we went from the leaky cauldron. We went. I mean, we, then we hit all the shops. Um, we went to we went to Ollivander's uh, Ollivander's wand shop, which that was, was cool. actually the, by far the coolest part of the night. Yeah. Um, as and I each bought a wand. Actually, I think Katie and Megan bought wands as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think I know Tiffany, Tiffany, uh, and Sarah did. Did too. Okay. Yeah, um, I will say it was pretty cool. We went to uh, Gregorovich's wands. Yeah, first, yeah. and yeah. they own, they were only selling the like character specific wands. Right. And it was really funny because I always joke that who my favorite character is, and everyone's always like, "Oh, he sucks." Whatever. I don't know why people don't like him, but whatever. So I was trying out all the different wands, yeah. and I just picked one up, and I was like, oh, man, I really like this one. Whose wand is this? And he's like, that's Professor Snape's. And I was like, there we there go. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, that was pretty cool. I, um, and actually, what I thought was pretty neat is we didn't, the the choosing ceremony, that was neat to kind of watch Ollivander, yeah. air quotes, you know, kind of go through that. He picked some guy, though, you know, that Matt and I were kind of like, what? Yeah, he picked some guy in our group that you could tell was clearly only there, like, with his girlfriend. Um, yeah. because I mean, he was wearing like a Harry Potter shirt, but he asked me, he's like, what house are you? in?" And he's like, uh, <laughs> Gryffindor, I guess. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's okay. And then he I, gave him like a really powerful wand. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. Man. Yeah. I don't know about that. But then we got out of there and Stephanie, who was super awesome, helped us yeah. pick out our wands, which was, uh, neat. Mm-hmm. Um, felt really, felt a strong connection to mine. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, mine was different. Uh, both of ours, I think, were different than the one we, ones we did on Pottermore. Yeah, for sure. They didn't even have mine. I'm yeah. an English Oakwood. You know, we might actually, actually, as and I, as I actually went through Pottermore a while back on our old podcast. Yeah. We might post that. Yeah, I think we should. Or, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, our old podcast, I can't believe it's not better. We might just upload it as is. Yeah, and, we can do it. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it has, it, what it is, is that uh, Matt's experience going through the choosing ceremony or the sorting uh, ceremony, and then he gets his wand, he gets his um, his Patronus, yeah. all that good stuff. So I think that'd yeah, be kind of cool yeah. to do. Yeah, and like so, the wands we got at the store are really cool. They're really detailed. Uh, they were like fifty bucks, but I mean, for what you're getting, I'd say like if you're considering getting something at a gift shop, like it's actually, I'd say it's pretty worth it as like a display mm-hmm. item. Like the quality is very good. It's not. Right. I mean, more often than not, at gift shops, you're really like paying for something that's not that great. But right. I feel like the wands actually are like really good. And I feel like they'd have to be because like that's like the one thing Harry Potter people really want. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, so a couple other cool things, you know, when we're, when we're uh, checking out at any store anywhere, they're super in character. And, like, yeah, they were in character. Asking us about muggle plastic and, yeah. you know, um, just, you know, using your muggle money and stuff. So it's kind of funny. Um, oh, we should give a shout out. What was that girl's name? Sarah? Sarah, the girl from West Virginia we ran into like five times. Sarah, for sure. She was like, it was really funny. She was just like, she sat down next to us at the Leaky Cauldron and we were just talking and we're just like, ah, man, this place is crazy. She's like, oh, and she's, she's from West Virginia. She has like a really charming West Virginian accent. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was just like, oh, I've been here like three times. We're like, oh, cool. We're like, you here with a group and she saw her shirts and we were wearing like Swish and Flick shirts, helping promote them. And, uh, she was like, no, I'm just here by myself. Yeah. She just flew to Orlando. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah. Yeah. yeah got at a hotel just to come to this thing by herself. I mean, I would like, I wouldn't, she's an Uber it's fan. It's cool, but I wouldn't go by myself. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I, but I understand her level of like fandom because if I were to, if no one wants to go to Star Wars Celebration, I'm going by myself. Right. Like, so I get it. Um, like, would I go to Harry Potter World by myself? No. But like, for her, makes complete sense. She's, right. that's her fandom. That's where she's at, yeah. you know? So, I thought it was super cool. Uh, she was super nice. We bumped into her like four or five times throughout the night, you know, which was neat. If we're giving shout outs, we might as well give a shout out to Peyton. Yeah, Peyton. Um, who we ran into who in, and recognized our, we were wearing Switch and Flick shirts. She's right. like, hey, nice shirt. And we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we've done some collaborations with them. Yeah. Um, yeah she know. was vlogging. We're yeah. in her vlog somewhere. I was like, hey, I did the music for their show. It's kind of. Peyton, hit us up. <laughs> we want to know where the vlog's at, okay? We want to know where the vlog is. She has, yeah, she has us on. 
on camera. It was pretty cool. Um, and you know that's great for social flick too. They got the all the like clearly yes. I they said yeah. like people recognize them and yeah that was cool stuff like that. That's super cool. It was really cool. Um, so then I'll say, I'm just trying to think. There's there was literally so much. The food everywhere was great. Um, a lot of the stores are very well done. Like they feel odd. They feel mm-hmm. like it's very. It's not uniform. Authentic. Yeah, it's it's very yeah it's individualized. You can, you, like it's it's meant to be as close to the world as it can get. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, people love the, that it's contained. Yeah, yeah it's contained. It's contained so. Um, they have the, they have a dragon in Diagon Alley. Yeah, like the dragon that escapes mm-hmm. from Gingotts and it shoots fire. Um, I we our wands we got were like interactive, like you can do stuff with them. Right. I saw a lot of people trying, and it didn't seem like anything was happening. Some people, it worked for some people. Yeah, yeah. And I think some of them might come in the time of day. Yeah, maybe because normally the park's not open. It was late, and like the park was like kind of pretty much shut down just for us. So I doubt a lot of that stuff was really like working. Yeah, they're set up to work. Um, We went to. Should we go ahead and talk about Nocturne Alley? Yeah, we definitely should talk about Nocturne Alley. Nocturne Alley, by far, outside of the Ollivander shop, it was my favorite part of the of the Diagon Alley Mm -hmm. area because when we were walking in, the I was like they had like the little the screens. They're like they're projecting. Oh yeah, they're projecting like the like the newspapers, right? Of and, like they con- and they had like Bella people Strange in uh, and Azkaban. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. sweet. And then oh man, we ran into that one girl. Oh my gosh, we ran into this first of all, who I literally was like considering marrying on the spot. Right? I mean, yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she was a naughty witch. She was for sure. Um, she was talking about putting hexes on people. And oh stuff man, like that. yeah, yeah. But she was just, and we kept trying to like. It was really cool because it kind of played to this theme of like when Harry's trying to leave Nocturne Alley and he kind of he really can't. So we kept trying to like walk away, like okay, without the conversation ending, and then she just kept walking back over. Right, like, I'm not done with you two yet. I know, Get back I over sweet. here. I'm like, Whoa. I was like, all right, whoa, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was super fun. Yeah, so. it was a lot of fun. The oh the um we went into like the cloak store where you could buy cloaks and stuff. Yeah, Madame and yep. Ezra tried on a cloak, and the guy who was working there was really cool because we were trying to get people to like just kind of talk to us about like life and yeah, stuff like that. Break character, break not really break character, but you know he was. We were just like, man, you know, like this this has got to be like you got a pretty cool job, and he was like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really pay that great, but you know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, we met two girls in. Uh, it's not Honey Dukes. It's the equivalent of that in, um, in, in Diagon Alley. Yeah. We met two girls that worked there as well that were super awesome. You know, yeah. um, gave us some free stuff. Gave us some free stuff. Yeah. It was super yeah, cool. Oh, yeah. Don't yeah. Sure. Uh, say, oh, <laughs> but uh, I'm a Hufflepuff. So I'm, I'm from House Hufflepuff. And so she had all these Helga Hufflepuff, you know, yeah. chocolate fr- frog cards. I got one of those. Yeah. But um, I didn't get any Slytherin stuff. But that's okay. Yeah. So uh, that was neat. So yeah, uh, and then to end the night, to end the night. Right? Okay, so to end the night, we took the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, um, which was really cool. And actually, it was really funny because I was running up to the steps and I was like, okay, it was like really late, and we were super tired because I'd been up to like three. We flew, we drove that day. I mean, the yeah. day was long. Yeah. And so anyway, so I'm like walking ahead of Ez and like this group we're with, um, and I like disappeared. I, and then I like, <laughs> yeah, from, from my so, perspective, from my perspective, I was like. I like got up to the train. I was like, it's like literally like five minutes. Later. I'm like, okay, where did everyone go? Yeah. Like, so from Ezra's perspective, from, from our, as we're, we're around in the corner, there's three girls who are taking photos and I'm like, whatever. We're like Matt's way. He's, he's ahead of me around in the corner or whatever. And he goes through the brick wall, nine and three. He goes on to platform nine and three quarters and he just disappeared. <laughs> And I was like, uh, <laughs> so then like I look back over my shoulder and the girls are like laughing. They're like, they're like, they're like, step in, step in. And I was just like, step in where? Like what happened? What just like, happened? Where do I you go? Know? Yeah. And so then I go, I go back and from a certain perspective, you can kind of see this, uh, you know, where they had, um, this trance. I don't know. This, I don't know how they did it. You know, it was, it yeah. was super cool. But, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so then we got on the train and the train was okay. It wasn't really great. I feel like if I were, Oh man, we were so dead tired I, though. Yeah. Just, I still feel like though, if I were like, maybe if I were a little, like a little bit younger, it would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean like the way it was presented was cool. It's just like the stuff they were presenting wasn't really like the most exciting. No, stuff. but it, it's cool that you're on a train. Yeah. You know, it looks like the Hogwarts express. It is the Hogwarts yeah. express. So, you um, know. but so then the one thing that I'll say that like, Everybody clearly found, and Megan and Katie had told us this a bunch. Like they said that every time they've been on the Hogwarts Express, as somebody that was there for the first time, that was the first thing they noticed is 
I guess they didn't get Daniel Radcliffe to reprise his role, but they got somebody who sounds so close that I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. And Ron Weasley did reprise his role to do the stuff for the mm-hmm. part. Yeah. But the Rupert, Hermione Granger they have to play is okay. so clearly not Emma Watson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was not. Kind of threw us for a loop or whatever. But, I mean, I, I don't know. The woman was, on the train was like, uh. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, it's kind of it's kind of neat. Um, actually, you should check out Swish and Flicks podcast to hear about uh, Megan and Katie's little adventure on the train. They had some good times. Yeah, on the, on and Tiffany's uh, adventure on the <laughs> on on the uh, on the roller coaster. The roller coasters. Oh, yeah, we my. tried to ride the Gringotts ride, but they wouldn't Gosh, let us. They shut it down so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's just fine. Yeah, we were we were only in the park for a couple hours, and everything was kind of had like time limits on it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had to run around a bit. Didn't uh, they say Leaky Con was going out at the same time? Because like they had yeah. the people who were there were just who they, it's whoever you know Muggle yeah there, could yeah get there was there another and, convention going on, which is why like like Luna Lovegood would have probably come, but right. she was at the, at the other convention and right. stuff. So yeah, but is, I mean overall, I would give it I'd give it like a really solid nine out of ten. Yeah, um, me too. Just because it was. It was really well done. They gave us ponchos when it started raining. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really nice to have the park to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really easy check-in. Everybody there was super friendly, super nice. If I, mean, if I had to have a complaint about the experience, I don't know that I really have one. I, I don't really have one at, at all. I mean, it was just sort of like, I mean, the rides cl- had to close early because, yeah, you know, it's late. They got to, you know. They still they have, to, they have to do with those things. So yeah, I, you're I don't ready know. for everyone tomorrow. Right, they have to get ready. Labor Day weekend too. Yeah. They shut down. You know, like that Friday. They That's sh- a good point. They shut down arguably like one of their biggest attractions. Yeah. For this event, the Friday of Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So they had to get ready for the morning and hit, get their people back and stuff. So it was it was an awesome experience. And I, I like I'm now kind of spoiled because I've been there when there's just so few people. You know, right. it's like we were kind of running around by ourselves. Like there's no one in the street at some point. We went down Nocturne Alley and it was like. Literally, no one was, yeah, was in like, there. As an I, and I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> this yeah, is a was, little scary." Yeah, so. it was great. It was a lot of fun. I'm actually kind of glad we went at night. I feel like I was, I would have enjoyed yeah. it more at night than in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was nice. Really yeah, nice. And, and at Ollivander's, it was really cool. And like they had like the wands, and they'll like come out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like he yeah. he goes through the. Yeah, so it was it was definitely experience. it was definitely a great experience for the price. Actually, it was only like 230 bucks for tickets. Yeah. And yeah, we were only in the park for that little bit, but we did have essentially free food. I mean, yeah. they provided all the food and everything, but it was well. I'd say it was well worth the price of admission. Yeah, it was also just neat to see the the fans who showed up, like the Uber fans who were all decked out, all dressed up, mm-hmm. you know, and then just hear their questions. Megan and Katie um, always bring up a good point when they they say they've gone to other panels and they listen to you know Potter fans ask questions, and they always feel like the fan questions are really well thought out and, yeah. and good questions. So um, that was nice because I, I got kind of nervous when they turned it over to the, <laughs> the crowd. I was like, Oh, please don't, you know, yeah. don't go nuts. But yeah, it was but. really cool. Everybody was like really respectful and never had anybody that was like, you know, jerk. I mean, even the people who were there, I mean, in music parks, you know, that sometimes you can have that, but yeah, I had a, I had a great time. Nine out of 10. Um, I would definitely, if universal had another kind of experience like that for something else, mm-hmm. I'd probably consider it. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, so okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Up And coming later in the show, we have Narcos Season 3 review, Dragon Ball Super, and probably some more. All right, guys, welcome back uh, to Second Breakfast here. We're about to have a little discussion on Dragon Ball Super episode 106. Thanks, yeah, kind of a great episode, actually. We get to see Piccolo Gohan uh, going against the sniper of Universe 2, I believe it was. Yeah. Universe 2. With all these different universes, I'm kind of losing track, to be well, honest. Especially because they're all like new characters that we only see for this one arc. Or... Yeah. It, it, they weren't just going against the sniper. They were going against the sniper and the other reflector. guy. Though. Yeah, the guy who can reflect. Yeah. And I'm also not great at speaking Japanese, so I'm not even going <clears> to <throat> try and pronounce their names. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it kind of starts off, and it's Piccolo Gohan, and... 
um, they're fighting. Oh God, Doctor Something. They got uh, from this Doctor Universe, yeah. Universe Six. He's like, I'll show you my power, and I think that's kind of been the whole thing is that we are never gonna never see gonna his see. Power. He's like, I'll show you why I'm a doctor, and it's like, okay, yeah. So anyway, so then he kind of gets knocked out, and then we start seeing the reflector, the guy who throws all the little eyeballs everywhere, or and so he can kind of see all over the battlefield. Right. Um, right. So Piccolo and Gohan kind of get trapped, and so then they kind of like pick up rocks. Oh. Piccolo gets his freaking. Were you going there? Yeah, his go, arm no, gets, go ahead. Yeah, his arm gets shot off. Yeah, Piccolo's arm gets shot off. I kind of forgot, like, see, because as is trying to get caught up on all this stuff, I'm like, oh, oh, I thought it was bigger than what it yeah. really was. It's like, oh yeah, I can regenerate. Yeah, he can regenerate, <laughs> he can regenerate his arm, but it costs a lot of stamina. Yeah, yeah, costs Piccolo a lot of stamina. We see that, and he's tired. Right. Um, so then they realize, okay, well, let's let's uh, throw rocks, create some dust. Then they realize, oh, maybe they can, he can see through heat. Um, so really what ends up happening is they kind of get, they kind of move around a little bit. They destroy a couple of the eyeballs. Goku and Vegeta kind of rush the reflector guy, um, and mm-hmm. realize they can't really do any damage to well, actually, him. They messed up too, right? Cause they thought that was the only guy. Yeah. Everyone thought that was the sniper. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Vegeta does like a Gallic gun and like, you know, yeah. it doesn't do anything. Right. Um, and so then what ends up happening is they kind of find the, they kind of find the sniper They he gets lured out by, Tian or mm-hmm. Tian Shinhan, as you know, they, they call him over there. Who I'm glad finally got like Tian is such an interesting character because he shows up towards the middle of the end of Dragon Ball, and he's like, he's like, when he shows up, he's the most powerful guy. He's right. stud, yeah. right? He's essentially the Goku of the Crane Hermit, and you know, then uh, he fi- he fights Yamcha in the tournament, fights Goku in the tournament. And then in Dragon Ball Z, Tien kind of gets pushed to the back, but he's certainly still probably the strongest of the humans. Can, can I tell him about the part you showed me the other day? Like where he was playing? Yeah, I, was, I, I had to give Ez, Ez like, who is this guy? So, so for those of you who may be turning in the first time, I have seen all of Dragon Ball, all of Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. all of Dragon Ball GT. Um, I've seen most of Super. I started watching the English version, and now I'm now I'm started watching the uh, Japanese version. So I've seen most of this arc. The only arc I really haven't seen a lot of is the black Goku or the Goku black arc. I'll, and I'll get to that because that's where the English one is catching up. So other than that, I've seen everything Mm -hmm. as has seen a little bit here and there. And now he's watched the last like five or six episodes of super. Right. And we just watched, I did just watch the battle of the, we did watch the movie battle of the gods, which will take you through about the first 20 episodes of dragon ball super. And we're actually going to do, we're actually going to start reviewing all the movies, like standalone movies. We have Battle of the Gods, which we just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I'm like, I own Z on DVD, and so I'm like, I want to get all the movies. So I just bought um, movies one and two, uh, God, Dead Zone and World's Strongest. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to review those. And those will kind of be, in. I think those are going to be individual episodes on Podbean. Yeah. 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 So sure. anyway, so... As what I what did I show you? I showed you some um, it was TN it was uh, so we were looking at um, Tien right? Did yeah, I say it right. Okay, uh, versus Cell. Yeah, Tien versus Cell. So which was sick. Yeah, so Tien's like the strongest human. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the strongest Z fighter human. Um, regular human, you know, it's probably like Hercule if you're not counting Z fighters. Um, maybe Videl, I guess, but she's almost I'd call like the lowest tier Z fighter. And so anyway, so Tien, throughout several moments of Dragon Ball Z, he always shows up and he just like is really powerful. When he's fighting Nappa, when he is, when he, sh- when he fi- shows up to fight Cell and he's doing the, you know, the tri-beam cannon, yeah. like blasting him down and down and mm-hmm. down, just trying to hold him off as much as he possibly can. <laughs> like my favorite part too is like from across the, I don't know, across this ocean like where like the the commentary that's going on is just like no Tien, like he's yeah. just using too much of his power because at first i'm just like oh quit that's that's sick he can just keep going but the peanut gallery reminds me that oh yeah he can only go for so so much longer yeah. and he's and done we see, and we see the peanut gallery again and this explaining that's right yeah yeah so piccolo and tn both have this ability they're slightly different between the two where they can they call it multi-form where they create projections of themselves so Tian, as we know, has a lot of crazy abilities. Certainly, probably, I'd say, the most unique abilities of any character in Dragon Ball. Um, and so, Tian creates his multi-form, which he get, he can create four versions of himself, mm-hmm. but that splits his power into 25, 25%. Right. Because 
Barris and those other guys who I think Beerus. it was Barris. Oh, sorry, yeah. Bills as they call them in Japan. Bills. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, I like Beerus. Is it Krillin? Krillin yeah. is he's he's out right. He's sitting there. Night, yeah, Krillin's uh, the first out. Yeah. And so he, when he's explaining it, right? I, th- I don't know if it was to. Um, I'm not too sure who is explaining it to. Yeah, Supreme Kai, just the guys over there. Supreme right. Kai and, and kind of says like has to tell him that the first like, wow, it's so quick, and he's he's you know split himself into four different you know people or whatever, and he's like, yeah, but you know reduces his power yeah. by. But know, as Tien says, my nine eyes. So Tien, as we know, had three oh, eyes. Right. Yeah. So now Tien has nine eyes to see the battlefield, so he can kind of help. He can kind of locate the sniper, but it pretty much in doing so, you know, Tien's pushing himself to the limit. He's saying, "I'm gonna look if I'm if I'm taking somebody out, I'm taking this guy out because this guy's pretty, this mm-hmm. guy's pretty hardcore." Right. And his friends were in jeopardy, so he had to. Yeah. So essentially, we see Tien sacrifice himself. He grabs I don't remember the the bird guy's sniper's name. I don't know his name, uh, but he grabs him, and essentially, they both go down. They both go down together, get and mm-hmm. get eliminated. Right. Um, was that the end of the episode, though? Yeah. Wow. It's quick, man. It's crazy because I did just watch the movie, and so like. You were telling me at some point during that, you're like, all right, yeah, I was like, after like five minutes, that took you through episodes one through five, yeah, it was yeah. like, as these things happen, it's so, they're so short, you know, yeah. I kind of, yeah, they're so short, that. and when we start watching the other movies, so the standalone Dragon Ball Z movies, with the exception of Dead Zone, which at some point I want to do, a, an, uh, might as well be its own episode, where we just talk about canon, and how canon works in Dragon Ball, and what you, because it's kind of a hot I love mess, canon. and everyone argues, it's not like Star Wars, where it's just like, okay, you have the movies and then Disney kind of said this isn't this is anymore. Dragon Ball is kind of like, well, kind of maybe mm-hmm. depends on what you think cuz you have you have original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and then you had Dragon Ball Z which has been dubbed. So some people were like, well, only the Japanese dub because there's differences between the two. Right. And then they did Dragon Ball Kai where they went back in and remade it for like a younger audience mm-hmm. and like they changed a lot of the dub even though it's the same actors, they changed a lot of the words. And so right. that like changes a lot of things. And then you have GT, which you could honestly do like its own episode on GT canon or not, yeah. or there yeah. should it be canon anymore? Or is it possible or whatever? Right. So. That's the alternate timeline, right? <sighs> oh, shouldn't have asked. Shouldn't have asked. <laughs> shouldn't have asked. My bad. Yeah, uh, we'll <laughs> save GT for its own episode. Um. Yeah, okay. So, um, overall, great episode. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. Didn't have enough uh, Master Roshi in it for me. Didn't have but, much, but it looks like the next episode is. Know, that's why I'm excited, yeah. Yeah, so we saw the preview, although I don't believe there's a... I, I think they're off this week. I think yeah. this week they have a, they're off for an episode, um, so we won't get Dragon Ball Super until the following weekend, but next episode we see Cold, who is kind of like Universe 6's Frieza. Okay. Um, and it's kind of funny. Cold is trying to win this tournament so that... Um, the, his god or like Champa and like his his god and everything kind of promised him that and they're like uh if that he were to, if he were to help win the tournament he would be able to get his business back and that's you know like, <laughs> yeah because okay. he's kind of like this like pirate yeah. businessman you know that's it's kind funny. of the opposite of frieza where frieza's like kind of a space pirate but he's like trying to rule the galaxy rule the universe or whatever right, right. they're like force and is you know kind of like this dictator you know ruler whereas cold is like a businessman you know He's yeah like, yeah so it's just it's just well, it's funny. just funny and ridiculous and it's it's dragon ball but that's awesome yeah so yeah we see that cold it looks like maybe master roshi is gonna try and use the uh oh god i can't even think of it the sealing technique yeah evil seal you know and uh on cold maybe so we'll see. Yeah, and he'd already yeah. used it before. And it takes right? a lot out of you. Yeah, and so I felt, I don't know if he's ready yet to get back in there. I'm kind of no. worried because he was done. I mean, right. Yeah. Goku in Dragon Ball, to... he actually does it. He he does it against Piccolo and dies. Yeah. Wow. Evil King Piccolo. Yeah, not. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, I just remember like Goku, am I right? He had to revive him. Yeah. Right? So I'm just thinking, I don't know how much more he could take. Yeah. But I love it though because he's got this this cleverness to him and Roshi's like, so great. Yeah, yeah and I was just sort of like, oh, he he brings up things. I don't know. I just feel like outsmart. He can outsmart some people. I don't know. He's yeah. got a few tricks up his sleeve. He does. So he'll be all right. So we'll see. So yeah, that's kind of our review of Dragon Ball episode one hundred six. Um, next week we probably won't be talking Dragon Ball on this show mm-hmm. on this on the main show because um, we're probably going to just do a Battle of the Gods review. Yeah. Um, since we won't have an episode next week, unless some big theory comes out, there's a lot. We'll start diving into those, but uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Narcos season three. 
Hey there, listeners. This is Tiffany from Swish and Flick. If you're still not satisfied with your helping of Second Breakfast, you should head over and join Swish and Flick for some 11sies in the Great Hall at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Swish and Flick is a new podcast fresh out of the oven doing a complete reread of the Harry Potter series. We're breaking down each chapter and diving into all the details. So be warned, there are spoilers. We're also covering things like Fantastic Beasts, Wand Lore, and the Universal Studios Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We know that the future of civilization rests with the one ring to rule them all, but sit back, relax, and have some butterbeer with us. You can find us at Swish and Flick Cast or Swish and Flick Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, and Facebook. Podcasts are loaded every Sunday to major sites like iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Always remember to have some afternoon tea and don't let the muggles get you down. Welcome back to Second Breakfast. Uh, we're going to come to you now with our Narcos Season 3 review. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen all three <laughs> seasons of Narcos, as has seen the last two episodes of Narcos. <laughs> Is there, there's like a theme here. As hasn't seen things as much. You know, it's like That's true. It's okay, but once we get to like Stranger Things, it'll be the opposite. So yeah, no, Matt's picked this topic, wanted to talk about Narcos, and I am down. And actually, after watching the last two episodes, I need to go back and watch the rest. They're really so. good. So the big concern this season is, so when I watched the first two seasons, I was like, oh, okay, like I kind of knew what happened because it's Pablo Escobar. I'm a history guy, you know. And so this season is about the Cali cartel, which is the one following Pablo Escobar <clears throat> after he dies. Spoiler alerts or history alert. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so a lot of the a lot of the concerns were, well, is it even going to be really worth watching? But for me, I almost liked it more because I didn't know what was going to happen. And so it was like real suspenseful, real crazy. And like, I didn't know it was I had no idea what was going to happen. But I think we should probably start as with somebody who I think we both kind of thought was not real, not a oh, real yeah. guy. Character Jorge. I yeah. could talk. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish, so I can't pronounce the pronounce the actor's name. Right? No, I can't either. Sorry. Okay, so Jorge, I think was probably what who I found to be the most interesting character this season. He is essentially the security man for the Cali cartel. At the, at the beginning of the season, he asks uh, one of the brothers, uh, I think Miguel. If he can like leave, he's like, I want to, he's like, he's like, you know, I'm wait, one of the brothers or, or the son, one of the brothers. Oh, okay. So there's four brothers in the yeah. cartel. Yeah. We saw them. The one guy is arrested, gets arrested. Right. Um, the, I think he's the oldest brother, isn't he? Yeah. The oldest brother. What's his name? I don't know. But that's interesting. Cause I know the Gilberto. Gilberto. Yeah, Gilberto. Okay. Yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. And so. So essentially, he gets arrested. Um, we'll get to that. But anyway, so at the beginning, um, yeah, Miguel uh, is Rodriguez. He's like the second oldest brother or like the second kind of in charge brother. <clears throat> He's the one who has the son that wants to kill uh, Jorge. Yeah, I thought his name was Miguel. Who's Miguel, Miguel is Miguel's son, David, or David, is the one who wants to kill Jorge. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll get David. to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the old, the older guy who was already in prison, that yeah. is, uh, Gilberto. Yeah. Who no. also has a son who's pretty sick. Who also has a son who's a lawyer. Yeah. We'll yeah. get, to, we'll get to it. So anyway, so Jorge and like episode one, he talks, he's speaking to Miguel and he's like, Hey, I kind of want to get out. Like I'm thinking t- tonight's probably my last night. Um, I appreciate what you've done for me. I kind of want to go start my own business and, <laughs> Uh, moral of the story of this season is do not ever, ever get involved with gangs or yeah, don't do it, guys. cartels. It's or not worth it. For our, um, you know, primarily Eastern listeners, yeah. the Yakuza, just stay out of it. Stay, yeah. stay out get of it, man. There. Rebels, you know, all the... Right, it may seem cool in Star Wars, but it's yeah. really not... <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, don't avoid it. Just get out of that lifestyle. But anyway, so Jorge is like, hey, I kind of want to get out. And he's like... He's like, well, I need six months because what they're planning on doing is the Klee cartel is trying to turn themselves in. They're trying to say, hey, mm-hmm. in six months, we will all surrender. We'll all go to prison. But when we come out, because we're surrendering on our terms and these guys, you have to keep in mind um, after doing some research like they were you couldn't find them. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was like trying to track down like, you know, and you're talking about billion. It was like a billion dollar industry in the 90s. 
right. untraceable, you know, cocaine money. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had, you know, markets controlled in New York, Miami, you know, Columbia, all over the all over the world, really. And so anyway, so Jorge, he's, he, he's, he tells Jorge, he's like, I need six months. And so he kind of gets put into this position. So it's kind of him. This season's kind of him trying to get out, trying to get out of the the cartel. Right. He's got a family. He just wants to get out. And so we kind of see just how far down, how far down the rabbit hole do you have to go to get out of this season? And we also have um, Pablo Pascal returning once again, and he's kind of in charge after um, Boyd Holbrook, who is Steve Murphy. Um, you may know him as the guy in Logan who's trying to attack track Wolverine down. Cause I think that's literally oh, the yeah, only other thing right. he's ever yeah. been. in. <laughs> yeah. So he was like the agent that helped track down Pablo Escobar. And so now him and Pedro Pascal. So this season is more about Pedro Pascal. He's kind of the guy running the show mm-hmm. in the DEA in Colombia. He's trying to take down the Kali cartel. Um, his story this season is kind of more of like a bureaucracy story. Like, because he was before he was just kind of like a cop, essentially he's a DEA agent, but he was kind of more of like, he had a lot more freedom, you know, he was right. like, yeah, you know, he, he knew the guys to rough up, you know, where knew where to go. Now right. he's like, I have to deal with all this bureaucracy right, yeah. in order to go track these guys down. Right. At one point, isn't he, he's, he's suspecting several different people, yep. you know, inside the Colombian government, right? In the Colombian government. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of these guys were, I mean, this, that's real. I mean, that's the thing people forget about is this stuff's real. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of times, you know, you watch like if you go with other movies, you know, where they're not even based on historical fact, this is actually pretty based on it. And a lot of people kind of think it's, pretty realistic actually it's pretty accurate yeah um as far as adaptations of real life events go i didn't really realize that jorge is a real guy yeah yeah i know just reading about it right now yeah i just just uh, watching i totally thought he was a made-up character right and now i'm really nervous he like because (laughs) consulted the show like he actually helped you know and he's in witness protection so i'm really really hoping yeah he's like okay (laughs) yeah they don't even have any recent photos of him because of that. Like, yeah, he's, he's like been in witness. You know. And he said that most of it's pretty accurate. He said like a lot of the stuff went down the way it did. I mean, like <clears throat> one of the differences I read is there's a scene, I think it's in the first or second episode where um, Pacho, one of the other brothers, they kill um, this guy from the North Valley cartel, which is another big cartel. And uh, what they do is they essentially draw and quarter him except with four motorcycles. Wow. Uh, oh boy. That's <laughs> like, and that's he said, rough. he said, yeah, it wasn't four, it wasn't four motorcycles. It was two Range Rovers. Okay. Uh, Not much of a difference. Like, even still, it's like, Oh yeah. my God, yeah. man. It's like, Oh, it's crazy. It actually happened. Some dude died in the, right. the way it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading here like all the different things uh, like he's in this interview talking about the things that he had to do even at the point of like the where he wanted to get out he was just sort of like you had to play the game I'm reading he says often in here that you know had to just sort of you know I don't know fool people into thinking that he was still he had to kill people I mean the only things like he said I couldn't refuse like there were things that he had to do I know it's crazy I'm like and I think I think that's kind of like more than the other two seasons are a lot more about Pablo Escobar. This season is, I think, that was just kind of the focus. It was much more about like what, like because they, because they in the last two seasons they didn't really ever centralize. It was pretty much the DEA guys, and then Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, you kind of wanted Pablo Escobar because he's like at the end he's like on his last leg and literally like everything's been taken away from him. You almost kind of feel bad for him. Um, he never really really feels like the bad guy. Um, but in this, man, you, I just feel like because they centralized Jorge as a character, I felt like it was really like, no, I hate the Kali cartel. Never was I watching this season, and I felt sympathetic for the Kali cartel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm reading. As, I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm literally reading about this sort of, this stuff here. At one point, like, they get um, uh, Escobar in prison, and they tried to, like, arrange a bombing yeah. of the prison. Yeah. Oh, it was a war. See the yeah the Kali cartel. See that's the whole thing is Escobar was king. He was number one. Yeah. And he was his, he was so powerful that he was able to keep the Kali cartel at bay. Right. And essentially, I don't know. I I really don't know the historical accuracy of it. But in season two, what happens sure. is um, Pedro Pascal or Javier Pena or yeah. the Viper from the Viper. Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> How as knew him? Yep. Oh, isn't the Viper? Yeah. The Viper. 
he essentially goes to the Klee cartel and he's like, I need your help taking down Escobar. Yeah. 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 And so they, yep. he's, and that's how the season starts. The season starts and he's like, the enemy of my enemy can be, is like, you know, is my friend. Right. You yeah. Know? And he's like, until, until, you know, he's no longer needed. So that's the, this whole season's premise. Yeah. I just think it's crazy. Like I'm, I, as, as I'm looking at this, like, you know, they being in prison wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. They had to kill him or they wanted to kill him yep. because of all the different people that they didn't know who he knew from the pe- They didn't know who to well, trust. The other thing is Escobar. So Escobar was in, I'm using air quotation marks, prison here. Right. Because he, the Colombian government wanted the killing to stop. Mm-hmm. And so they essentially let Pablo Escobar build his own prison, which was basically just a palace. And he was going to be in there for a long time, just serving out a sentence. Right. But see that, and we see that. And, but the problem is just like in last season, this season, all these drug lords, man, they're making billions of dollars illegally, but they're all paranoid. Right. They're yeah. all paranoid about their empire, their control. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, well, I saw that in the last couple episodes. It was just who's the mole, who's talking, who's not talking, you know, um, who can we trust? Jorge, can we trust him? Can we not? Et cetera. Something interesting about Jorge, he's in this interview that he's, that he's giving here, which is in the Seattle Times. This is where I'm reading yeah. it from. Um, he was kind of justifying all this in his in his his own mind. He said, "I had nothing to do with drugs. I told myself I was not one of them." Yeah, you know what I mean. He just thought he was he was a bodyguard. It was it's a job. It's a paycheck. Trying to, but you know, again, later on, I think he's talking more about how he eventually saw that like by helping these people live and survive, it was perpetuating yeah. you know the killing and the selling. He of even drugs. goes on. I read that interview earlier today, and even goes on to talk about like you know, where essentially they were going to kill Jorge, right? They had the bag over his head. They mm-hmm. were going to kill him. And then the DEA guys are able to get in and that yeah. kind of forces him out. And he said, that's actually what happened. And he was like, he's like, Holy. he's like, had they not come in when they did, like I'd be dead. Holy cow. Yeah, man. Like. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy, man. I don't know. The whole show was just sort of crazy. And I think you watching like, Oh man, what a crazy show. What a crazy TV show. And it's like, Matt always reminds me as it happened. That, yes, that's right. real. It's not like Game of Thrones, happen. like yeah. Right. There's no dragon swooping in there to make it, you know, yeah. um, you know, fantasy. But yeah, yeah, it's really good. You know, it's kind of interesting. Oh. One of the things I really like about this, and this is kind of just, it's more a way of Netflix does show. I really Netflix just really makes good shows. Yeah, they do. They're all so unique. Like they're kind of difficult. It's kind of I don't know. Just whoever is running Netflix, man, they just make good shows. And I, the best thing part about it is like. I knew, I knew like two of the actors going right. into this. Yeah, I knew Pedro Pascal because I saw him in Game of Thrones, and right. then uh, you know that. And then you know you see like one or two guys like, oh, I feel like I've seen him before. Right, but like that's it. Like they pick all these actors from all over the world that you've right. never heard of, and it makes it adds an authenticness to it. Right, it really does. It does. Um, didn't you say recently that something had happened in in Colombia? Were you going to talk about that? Yeah. Or? Okay. Remember at one point they were talking about like the fact that. You know, there's these rebel groups who, who he ended up using, right, to go in and get that girl, the girl who yes. was married to the banker. Right. Um, that they and they used them again. Um, they're like Colombian nationalists who like are essentially like a militia that like hates communists. And so they like go out. They, they're going around killing all these communists and stuff. And actually, it was like yesterday or I mean, mm-hmm. it was like this week, this week. Yeah. Uh, that they said like they the Colombian government has finally settled with like the last rebel group of that. Like there's the Colombian Civil War has been going on for like. 50 mm-hmm. years yeah crazy. yeah that's that's nuts that's that's crazy like he's confirming in here you know all the different things like he was like a, he had um he had to assassinate or or orchestrate the assassination of some of the accountants yep like that happened in the show and he's he's right here talking about how how basically and also that the cia wouldn't take him serious did mm-hmm. you read all that and it was, it was really a struggle in, into who he could actually which door could he knock on who could he actually get to help him you yeah. know, and there was really like, you know, he, he had to go through several people. He's contacting a Miami lawyer and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's yeah, just it's like crazy. Wow. I mean, so, like, and, and the thing you got to think about is like, also like you're talking about somebody who would be like fearing for their life because and their family and like whoever the actor was that played Jorge, I think yeah. did like an amazing job because right. I mean, it's like, that's the thing is like, I, I have no idea who these people are because they're all like. Right, Hispanic, yeah. you know, Spanish actors. Yeah, and I think I'm, it's like, great. I'm none of these people. Hopefully, I'm hoping you know for some of these actors, if if we haven't seen them, you know, I mean, they're, they're yeah. probably really big. It's, uh, Mati- how do you say it, Matthias? Maybe I can't see it. Matthias Varela is his name, I believe. 
Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. Um Although he's from Sweden. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, it's hilarious. Well, wherever these guys are from, you know, they're just uh, I don't know. I haven't seen them in in big roles. Maybe they maybe I guess he was in stuff. he was in the Assassin's Creed movie, but other than that, like both his both his parents are from Spain. He did not learn proper Swedish until he learned school. So he's actually Spanish. Just happened to be born right, like actual Spanish from Spain. Yeah, yeah. Happened to be born in Sweden. Yeah, crazy. That's where Europe. Cool. That's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so different than here in the United States. Yeah, where it's like it, it's pretty much like uh, I mean you know in the United States it's kind of like are you white or black? Okay, like you know it's like one or the other. Then yeah, yeah that's good. That's cool though. That's neat. I'm glad these guys got the screen time that they did, and I hope to. They did. He did a really good job. I hope to see him in a motion picture. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, more in the future. Yeah. So because he won't be back on Narcos, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. so yeah, uh, I, I mean, as you only saw two episodes, but what, what were your? Oh, I w- my only recommendation is that you go watch it because I'm going to go back and rewatch it because it was interesting. I was completely. I was pulling for him the whole time. I was like, oh please. I remember at the end. Yeah. I remember that. I was, I was like, I was like, oh crap. Here it comes. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna kill him. Gosh yeah. dang it. You know, because I I was already on like one episode in. I, it was the one where he was protecting the other guy. They they sus- they suspected a mole. Right. And where he's he protecting. Hid. Uh, oh God. I thought that was David. No, David is the. That's the son who wanted to kill him. Remember the son who was looking at the security right. footage and saw him. Right. Yeah. See, the whole reason he hates him is because there was a time he was having a meeting. Uh, it's like in episode like four or five. He was having a meeting with the, these guys who wanted to help him start a security company. And he saw him and he waved to him and he kind of looked away. Yeah. And so then David was like, oh, are you serious? And like, it, oh, wow. yeah, that's kind of where so it started. Kinda, yeah. Uh, so that's crazy. Yeah. So the one guy that he's, that he's protecting, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't remember who that is, but Miguel. Um, I was all the, all right there. I'm I'm pulling for him right away. Cause yeah. I'm like, oh, this, he's a good guy, you know, and. Um, but then later on, like later in that episode, he has to kill him or no, he, uh, what, or he plants the, yeah, the, oh, the oh, Enrique, Enrique, yeah. the guy Enrique. who's kind of like his, okay. one of his employees. And he kind of, he kind of, yeah, turns it around on him and then they end up killing him and he had to do it to protect his family. Yeah. yeah to protect his family. But he was trying to protect that guy to begin with. Right. Um, but that guy made a mistake. He, he didn't listen to his directions. Yep. Yeah. He said, he said, know. do not call anybody because he had right. all, oh, he had, He's like all the wires and like essentially Columbia tapped. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I think you should go watch it. My only, you know, I can't give it like a star rating or anything like that because I didn't watch the whole thing, but the two episodes I watched were great. Yeah. I would give it, I'd probably give it an 8.5. It was really good, but it's kind of like, I don't really know if I should give it an eight or give it a nine because part of me is like, well, the first two seasons were really good, but the first two, like they could have been done. The show could have ended after the first two seasons because mm-hmm. it's Pablo Escobar. That was the whole selling point. Right. Like every, Pablo Escobar is a lot more well known than the Cali cartel. I mean, right. I didn't know who they are. They were right. But with even without the Pablo Escobar, you know, main character, I feel like the season was really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I'm kind of torn on whether, you know, I give it a nine, which is what I feel like it deserves. Yeah. But, you know, so it's kind of hard. So, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and give it a nine. It was really good. Give it a nine. I mean, I mean, Collider, it's just, Collider gives it a two out of five. Collider's a joke. But, so. you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Collider should challenge us to Star Wars trivia and see what happens. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No, seriously. Yeah, bring it. Anytime they want to do yeah, bring it. a schmo down Star Wars trivia style, as has got it. Bring it. Matt, Matt's in there with me. We got it. You want to talk anime? You want to talk whatever? Bring it. <laughs> I ain't no, I ain't afraid of no collider. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, anything else? Any other thoughts on that? Uh, nope. Uh, what do we do? We have one more thing coming up. Yeah, we're gonna talk a Game of Thrones theory. Big one. Huge. Huge. Life changing. Game of Thrones changing. When we yep. come back.
Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Second Breakfast here. We are about to talk about Game of Thrones. Big theory. Huge theory. Huge. Um, it's game changing. And, and I'm just going to break it. It's, it's pretty short, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it real quick. Um, just I have so no idea what the theory is. Matt hasn't heard it yet. so. But I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to, as said, as said, X texted me and said, hey, we're podcasting tonight. There right. is a huge theory. Game of Thrones, and I said, "Okay, I'm down to talk about it." Right, and he's going to explain it to me right now, and it better be, it better live up to the hype because that's all I was promised. It's huge, and it's 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 life changing. We're doing it live, okay? Uh, so, new fan theory suggests that Hot Pie, what, yeah, is to blame <laughs> for the White Walker invasion, okay? And the reason what? being, yeah, it's I, I actually. I kind of wondered how far back they were going to they were going to take this theory or whatever, but they're really what we're going to do today anyways is just in this past season uh, that we saw where we saw, you know, Hot Pie returns and or actually uh, Arya returns and encounters Hot Pie, right? So is this like the real theory? This is the real theory. This is the real theory. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's do it. Okay, yep. let's do so, it. Um, it's it's basically it's it's really more so we're gonna turn we're gonna turn it into a what if they kind of okay. said theory but it's sort of like what if Hot Pie wouldn't have told Arya that the Starks had control of Winterfell because really okay. what they're suggesting here is that because Hot Pie tells her that hey you know your brother John is is you know king of the North now she doesn't go kill Cersei. And if she would have killed Cersei, they would have never gone north of the wall. The the, the other dragon, um, is it Viserion? Viserion. Um, That's the one who gets Is it the one that gets killed? killed? Yeah. Or, um, goes, uh, would not be lost turned. to... He gets killed and then turned. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't be lost to the Night King. And they wouldn't have had the dragon pit, you know, meeting. Um, they wouldn't need to, you know, because yeah. Cersei would be dead. Because Arya would have went down there and did her thing. So Hot Pie literally screws it up. All right. So now let's actually. So it is more of a what if. Yeah. So let's now actually talk about what if he wouldn't have said that. Do we actually think that's really what would have taken place? Would we would we really be in a situation where Arya goes south and kills Cersei? Well, another another check off the list. Uh, I'd have to look at the map and see how close she was to King's Landing and where Hot Pie is. I always kind of forget. He's kind of towards like they're kind of in the Riverlands, I think. So she's pretty close to. King's yeah, Landing. I think they're in. Yeah, because the Lannister army's there. Yeah, because the thing is, is that there's just no way she would have gotten into King's Landing without hearing about the King in the North, Jon Snow. Yeah, good point. Like, I don't think it's just that Hot Pie told her. Like, I'm surprised she didn't hear it from the Lannister guys that was, right. she was sitting with. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just did Hot Pie, I think, because I think they wanted to show Arya. Because that scene is very specific where Arya is like, she's kind of eating and she just seems almost like robotic. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I will say this. I think, however they do it in the books, etc., it may be that she's being, she's trying to be real, you know, stay off the road. Stay off the road. Sorry, right, like the Lord yeah. of the Rings. Um, it's like they're, you know, she's trying to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's second breakfast, man. Uh, so... If she gets, if she avoids people, she doesn't learn that John is king in the north. And right. maybe if she, there's a point of no return. So if she's close enough to King's Landing, well, she I might as well go there right, and yeah. do it. Because I was to say, there's just no way she's walking around King's Landing and not hearing the right. gossip about the king of the north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the other question is, do you think she could actually infiltrate King's Landing and and kill Cersei? Well, because <laughs> it was easy with Walter Frey. That makes sense. The phrase are depends. You know, I think the real question is, so now there are people theorizing, this is kind of another theory, mm -hmm. that Arya and Sansa knew about Littlefinger and they had been plotting the entire time once Arya came back to make it seem like they were fighting so that way they could get the information they needed from Littlefinger in order to kill him. Like Sansa wanted to kill Littlefinger the entire, like once Sansa saw Arya fight Brienne, mm -hmm. she knew there was something odd about her, yeah. so that they were staging these fights so that way they could like get I, Littlefinger into a position to where they'd have like the information to kill him. Yeah, I actually think that could be true, and it's really right. it's less about they both had information already, but right. what it is is where is Littlefinger's allegiance? Right, but and my, that's what they were trying to right. figure out. And so, but so 
my thing is, if that's true, that would explain why it seemed like Arya was not nearly as good of as an, as an assassin. True. Yeah. As we saw in those last episodes, because if she, if that's what we were to believe, and you and I have already talked about yes. this, where God, we really kind of hated those episodes because yeah. it just made it seem like we'd been watching Arya train all this time, and now it's like she's not even that good. Yeah. Like we're, I mean, Littlefinger knows she's spying well, on him. And that's so the, if that's the case, then I don't see any way that she's getting into the Red Keep, which, I mean, it's possible Jack and Jahar did. Sure. But then it's like you're going to have to get past the like zombie superhuman, you know, mountain. Mm-hmm. I don't think Arya's taken out the mountain. Yeah. I mean, no. if she got kicked, if she got kicked in the chest by Brienne, there's no way she's taken on the mountain. Good call. That's a good call. Although, so she would have although to do Brienne was, yeah. did whip. The hound. So, but I mean, so there's there's a case we made that Brienne is is could beat the mountain. I don't, be the mountain. I don't know. I don't know about that. She also beat. Uh, who else did she beat? She beat quite a few folks. Now, didn't she beat somebody else when she was training? When she was showing for Renly? When she was fighting for Renly? Didn't she beat the Lord of Flowers? Didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if there was a. Uh, she won whatever tournament, uh, little tiny show or tournament that they, that they yeah but i mean there, he's yeah. no, he was no slouch he's no slouch no i know so she's yeah. beaten the hound I mean, she she's also beaten the hound and just beat jamie lannister with Loras tyrell i mean she actually uncuffed or unchained jamie lannister and then they fought for a little while until yeah but that was a that was a one i know jamie i know, lannister, I know. Yeah. no no no. it was it was a two-handed well he was she was transporting him to king's landing oh this that's is right before they got caught that's right that yeah, doesn't yeah. really i don't really count that either because jamie was trying to draw attention to himself you know so you know but Anyways, so anyways, I don't know. You're right. I, I think she gets close enough to Cersei if Arya can get there. I mean, if she goes then, in at night and nobody's around or something, and maybe the mountains. I don't think he sleeps, but maybe he's like standing outside her door or something. Yeah, if if okay, she didn't have to confront him, yeah, then if she can no. sneak out the balcony or something, then then sure, that's that would be the way to do it. I I would think, but yeah, I don't know, and I don't even know what really her role is going to be going forward. Which I is, really, I don't either. So okay, so the so the question going back to hot pie, hot pie is yeah. how would hot pie? So now I think I think we've kind of looked into the point of could she have? It's probable. I'd give her a sixty percent chance of actually pulling it mm-hmm. off. It really kind of just depends on if the mountain was there, right? But and we also kind of looked at would she have turned back at any point. I think like you said, I think it's reasonable yeah. to think that, well, once she was close enough, she'd go for it. So I think now the last question is, did hot pie do it on purpose? Which I think is the point of this. Yes. This theory. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that, you know, hot pie is some secret informant for either Cersei or working now for Baelish, you know, the, uh, Baelish or because maybe Baelish, maybe Baelish knew that Arya was alive all the time. Yeah. And he had, he, paid hot pie mm-hmm. if she ever comes looking for you right send her to me yeah you know or it could have been that what's the other guy oh the black maester is what i call him um go oh, i just lost his name you know what i'm talking about works with cersei oh the oh god what is his name oh, uh, Mace, oh god ah well anyways i know who you're talking about the, i'm thinking the maester who re- who brought back the mountain right yeah i'm thinking i mean is it maybe you know he's he's got his little not you know, Varys had birdies, right? He had like the little kids and things like that. Does that guy have a network or a system of spies or something like that that he's working you know, with? And is it and is Hot Pie one of those folks? You know, it's possible. <laughs> um, actually, quite frankly, was Hot Pie there from the beginning tracking Arya? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, possible. It, yeah, let's just push a little further. Is yeah. Hot Pie Jack and Jagar? <laughs> That's actually great. Is Hot Pie Snoke? It's yeah. possible. Oh, that is possible. possible. Let's not even go there. Yeah, that's that's more possible than Jack and Jahar. But yeah, so uh, um, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting, neat little. Theory. No, it is. It's kind of a new, interesting theory. That, but I think the, I think it begs the question, though, is that she if she if Arya was that close to Cersei and Cersei is that important on her list, why didn't why didn't she go all the way back to Winterfell? Yeah, that's a that's a because in the books, that's the thing. Got to keep in mind this could be completely different right i'm kind of thinking i guess my question is can we shift to the books for a little bit too just yeah yeah real quick my my question though is in the books let's say Arya is in the riverlands Uh uh-huh you think it's going to be winterfell and Jon snow she goes back to or do you think it's going to be lady stoneheart good call which could be because you've got the, the brotherhood without banners i mean you're talking that could be a huge difference, right? right? Like, right. And, and honestly, us talking about that difference right there leads us straight into the books and whether 
how we think these things might be different. Because I'll tell you this: in the books, I'm going back to Battle of the Bastards. Sansa, you know, shows up and saves the day. Yeah, Sansa, I don't think ever in the books is going to be betrothed or married to Ramsay Bolton. Ramsay Bolton. I think she stays as she's. Uh, I forget what her Game name pool. is. Well, she's she's hiding as Littlefinger's um, niece or something like that, yeah. right? Or daughter, bastard daughter. I'm not. I'm not even sure. Okay, what, what is her name? Yeah, I can't remember what it is. But he's. Um, I mean, her aunt Lysa knows that she who she is, and so does her, you know, cousin Robin. But you know, I, mean, I think in the book she stays there, and then I think she hears of the Battle of the Bastards and then rallies, you know, yeah. Um, Robin to go north and to help out. I think it's much more simpler. It's just that's yeah, what it's gonna it be is. totally different. I'm really so, the more I the more there's only six episodes left. There's just no way that the show can even come close to touching what Gurr is doing. Not no, in terms no. of quality, but just in terms of content. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think a lot of things are gonna be different. Um, like you said, Lady Stoneheart, I think, is huge. I'm really surprised they never brought her into the show. Now she is still kind of a right now in the books. We really haven't seen a whole lot. Like all we've seen is that she's working with the Brotherhood without banners, and Brienne comes across her, and they almost hang Brienne. Yeah. But then she's sent to negotiate with Jamie. Yeah. It appears. So really, her role hasn't been huge. Yeah. But I don't I just I don't know what do you. It's one of those things that I've said. There's a thread there. There's a character thread there. That there's a story there. Where does it go? How do you tie that back in? Yeah, it, that's why I've always said. Well, when and we it's a pretty this, it's like, big character. I mean, like think about it. Like Beric Dondarrion is not that big of a character. He's a big deal because of what he represents, but he's not a big character. Kyburn, sorry, was the old major. Ky- yeah, sorry. Whereas Catelyn Tully or Catelyn Stark is an enormous character. Sure, yeah. Who's now become not that big of a deal, but is still. You know what I mean? So it's like the opposite, yeah. right? And I guess that's what I mean. Like I kind of looked at them as two different people, but yeah, Lady Stoneheart that is still Catelyn Stark. Is though. still Catelyn Stark. But what does what is her role going to be? We really, it's just you know, what I mean, it's still yeah. lingering out there as like she could be dead. But yeah, you're you're right. I, I don't I don't know. I don't I mean, know. It's something. Now, do you think so? In the books, we've talked about how Arya comes back. Um, this whole situation with John. That seems pretty big for them to, you know, we've we've already seen that he's betrayed uh, in the books. We get that he's betrayed at, at up at um, oh gosh in the Night's Watch, right? So we By actually get Watch, yeah. right. So he's dead, right? Right. I'm sure that he's brought back. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But what happens after that? Is he the king of? the north or i mean he has are they going to actually kill his younger brother like they did there is his younger brother going to ascend to well see i mean man throw, Rickon, he's an rickon's a hold because rickon's off doing his own he's like it's so right. he's yeah I, I forget which which house he's with right now but it, you know it's i just kind of wonder i wonder how he's going to break it yeah, all this would honestly be a good series that we probably should do or we should start talking about the books versus the show leading into the last season and even yeah. going forward because even the other thing is Let's say Gurr does write two two books. Yeah. This is kind of interesting. Actually, we talk about Dragon Ball a lot. It is kind of like, well, in the manga, they do this, and in the things, yeah. they do this, and they're kind of going at different paces. Right. And it's not like, like in Lord of the Rings, it's kind of like, well, the, the, because the movies are so long, they hit so much content. It's like, okay, really, in turn, you're getting the main story. But the issue now is Game of Thrones is just so odd because the movies are, or the the show is so far ahead and we don't know what's going to happen. Well, we said, so something I think it's interesting for us to talk about right now is you had said, it's been what, a couple of years ago when Gurr sat down in a hotel room right. with the producers uh, and, and talked about um, where he thought the story was going to go. But 20 years ago, Matt informs me, and we're not going to, we're just going to briefly touch on this. And yeah. We'll we're talk about probably might have to do a whole, whole we, honestly, we could do an entire episode on it because yeah. it's kind of a big deal. But just briefly, you know, Gurr's original vision for, you know, Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire was much different than what it's turned out to be. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, what he told HBO either a couple, a couple years, years ago, ago about um, how he was going to, how he, how, it, how the general idea of how it should end. Right. It, you know, and did he get, how much guidance did he give him along the way? Um, I, I don't know. I really think it's going to be quite different. Yeah. So, which I'm fine with because there are elements in the story that I really think I don't know how they would have done it in the show, which is part of why I'm okay with what they did in HBO, but 
Um, I would like to have seen some of you know, like Urine Greyjoy when he comes back. I've always mentioned it's just like there's so much more. It's uh, so much more mystic. There's so many more elements to his return and the treasures that he brings, um, the horns, you know, the priests and the priestesses. I think it's just a priest actually, but you know, just a lot there that I, we never really got a chance to um, to dive into. Yeah, I mean, so there's, I mean, there's six episodes left. Yeah, that's it. Oh man, we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a uh, we're gonna have to do an episode later on where we just predict what happens in those six episodes. And we then, should we should do another one where we track down all the characters. So here's where they are. Who's who's who they yeah, are. Yeah, who lives, who dies. Like good. Well, not just that, but I mean, who's like? Let's just kind of get our bearings straight for where everyone is. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, there's still so much. That's why we love Game of Thrones. I love talking about it. Well, even even once even once it's done, even once the show's done, I mean, still the books could be so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then not only that, I mean, well, the backstories, the backstories are going to do all this, the prequels and just going back and learning all the gods. There's so much and there's so many theories and there's, there's just so much. And Gurr's never going to stop writing. He'll I think I think he'll even do kind of like J.K. Rowling um, kind of puts out like supplemental mm-hmm. stuff like, like OK, James. well, here I'll tie up some plot holes doing this. Here's yeah. what I think was probably about this, where people have theories, and she'll kind of like. Yeah. I think Gurr will do the same thing, like yes or no. It's either it is either that's yes, that's what happened, or that's not what happened, etc. Kind yeah. of, you know, cl- clear things up. One thing, one last thing here, really. They could go back. I know they're going to go back and do you know some prequel shows and stuff. They could go back to um, Aegon Aegon's conquest. Yeah, there's so with his sisters. There's so much. So it's much. a whole other story that we just get hinted at by the maesters and, and, and the books and stuff from Old Town. We don't... There's so much there. And if you listen to... I've mentioned it in the last time. Um, Westeros. Um, it's like a history of Westeros. Um, Ice and Fire, I think is what it's called. Yeah. It's so good about talking... It's almost textbook form as to what happened. But again, even there, that even when, they're, when you listen to it, I'm listening to it or read it, they are saying, well... Certain scholars disagree on whether yeah. this happened or that happened. You're like, oh my god, that is perfect for a show. What happened? Let us know what happened. You right. Know, let's go in there and dive in and see what actually happened. So I don't know. I love this. I love this. Crap. I love it too. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's our that's our show, isn't it? I think that's it. Um, that's our show for this week. Uh, next week, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a Dragon Ball Super episode. I have to ch- double check. I'm pretty sure there's not. So we probably won't be talking about Dragon Ball Super very much. We're going to do a special for it. We're going to review Battle of the Gods. We'll definitely probably be talking about a huge Game of Thrones theory, something mm-hmm. we just kind of came across. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be talking about that. We're also going, this is, this is going to be up on Saturday, so we're also going to, on Sunday, we will have a lit review up. We're going to talk about Inferno Squad. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad, the book. Yeah, also, there's a lot of Star Wars is starting to ramp up, and you better believe here on Second Breakfast we're going to be talking about it. Stay tuned and stay hungry.